morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. James chapter 2 and verse 19 says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Hallelujah. When you begin to talk about the one God of heaven, every devil that comes against you, it, it, it makes them stop. They don't get excited anymore. They realize that something is about ready to change. If some of you just get a revelation of just the power of the revelation that there is one God and I know his name. I know his name. I know his name. I know his name. Oh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Oh, there is one God. There is one God. There is one God. There is one God. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody ought to magnify him right now. Come on, lift up your praise unto the Lord right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. There is one God, and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Something shifts in the atmosphere when you start talking about the one God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Moses walked into the court of Pharaoh, into a land that had thousands of deities. They worshiped the sun, they worshiped the Nile. You, 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 you make, they worship, whatever it was, they worshiped it. But Moses walked in. And Pharaoh wanted to know who has sent you. Pharaoh looked at him and said, I am that I am has sent me. There wasn't a plurality that sent him. There wasn't several that sent him. There was one that sent him. And that's why they wanted to stone Jesus. Because Jesus looked at the religious leaders of that day and said before Abraham was. Whew. I am. The Bible says they took up stones to stone him because what he was telling them is the same God that sent Moses into Pharaoh is standing before you right now. Hallelujah. Oh, man, I feel such a powerful presence of angels in this house right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. True dominion and authority in the spirit only belongs to the one God people. True dominion and authority in the spirit realm only belongs to the ones that know that there is one God and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed of who we are. Not one bit ashamed of who we are. I'm not ashamed of the doctrine that we preach. I'm not ashamed of holiness on the inside and the outside. Oh, hallelujah. Holiness isn't a message for the back room because we're ashamed of it. No, holy is what God is. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Let me tell you a little story. I think I've told it here one more time, one time before. There was a story I heard uh, by a preacher. He was preaching in a church in Sacramento. I don't remember the preacher's name, but I know the church he was at. And uh, he, he, this is the story that he was telling. He was driving up the, the coast of California on, the, on Highway 5, and it was late at night, and he turned on his radio. And uh, he was listening to it was one of these late-night radio stations. And it was like Art Bell or, you know, these, like these crazy guys are on the, uh, at, the, at, you know, late night. And uh, it was like midnight, 12 to 1 o'clock. And uh, the, I don't know if it was Art Bell or if it was, it was one of those guys. They were supposed to be, they were supposed to be interviewing Anton LaVey that particular night. Anton LaVey, at least at one time, if he still not is, was the, the uh, I guess, the head of the Church of Satan. Um, and uh, instead, he was not able to be on the interview, but he sent his secretary. So his secretary's on the phone. It's a phone interview. And uh, it's a radio show. And uh, the, the host of the show was uh, asking her about casting out devils. And uh, he was saying, like, and these shows, like, they're not spiritually driven. They're, they, they, they're into all kinds of stuff. So the, the host of the show was asking about casting out devils, and he kept pressing it, and, and she was kind of avoiding and not wanting to talk about it. He kept pressing, kept pressing. And he was like, who, who can cast out devils? Who can do this? And uh, he started saying things like, can aliens cast out devils? Can extraterrestrial, and just, you know, just weird stuff. And then he started naming names that you and I would probably know from uh, um, mainstream Christianity. A lot of names that are out front that that have experienced the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Um, but a lot of a lot of your uh, so-called movers and shakers in uh, modern Christianity in the charismatic world. He started naming their names, names that you and I would know. And the lady said, no, they don't cast out devils. They just shuffle the deck. And then he said, and then so he kept pressing her. Whew. Let me just stop for there for a moment. Just because something looks like it's happening doesn't mean. The devil's real slick and he's real sly. That if somebody doesn't walk in truth, they may have an element of truth, but if they're not walking in full truth of the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, they don't have authority. They have power, but they don't have authority. I don't have time to get into that right now. So they have the power to generate a reaction, but it's not a long-lasting It's not a long-lasting fix to the situation. It's like shuffling the deck. You're not pulling the card out. You're just throwing it back into circulation behind the scenes. She said, no, they don't, they don't cast out devils. They just shuffle the deck. And, she, and then, so he kept pressing her, kept pressing her, kept pressing her. And she kept avoiding it. And finally, she acquiesced to his question. She goes, oh, you've, you've seen those people before, the people that really have authority. She said, you've seen them in the grocery store. She said, they're kind of weird. He said, or she said, uh, their ladies don't cut their hair. She said, those, those people can pray devils into submission.
because they understand authority. Man, I'm telling you, I feel such a powerful presence of angels right now. I'm telling you, I know, I know a lot of you have fought battles and you've been fighting, you've been fighting, seems like, for your life, but the Lord's got a word for us today. Oh, it's not going to be typical Sunday morning, so if you're a guest of ours, you just get to listen in. But the Lord's got a word for us today. Would you lift up your hands right now and lift up your voice and give the Lord Jesus praise in this house today? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Go to the book of Acts, chapter 16, verse number 11. Hallelujah. This world is looking for supernatural power. There is a lust in the world for power. And uh, we, we see it play out in the news and the media quite often. Um, But the Lord gave us power when he gave us the Holy Ghost. It is not separate from salvation because salvation is not powerless. To say that the Holy Ghost is different than the salvation experience is to say that salvation is powerless because we know that we receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon us. Thank you. I have a new phone. Didn't get it shut off yet. We have power when the Holy Ghost comes upon us. We know that we receive remission of, remission of sins when we're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And God gives us power, the Bible says, to tread upon serpents and scorpions. There's only one place serpents and scorpions belong, and it's under your feet. That's the only place they belong. Every negative thought, there's only one place it belongs. Every thought that tears you down, there's only one place it belongs. Every feeling that wars against your spirit, there's only one place it belongs. It belongs under your feet. And if it's not under your feet, we got to get it under your feet. Acts chapter 16, verse number 11. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to there. And the next day to Neapolis. And from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city. Everybody say the chief city of that part of Macedonia. Thank you, 20% of you. And a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple and of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, and she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized and her household she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, 
A certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. A woman, a damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us. I'm going to be preaching, uh, probably, I don't know how for how long, but more like a series, probably on Sunday mornings. I'm just going to feel my way along in this, re, in this uh, vein. Uh, the, the series will be The Anointed Congregation. And my subtitle for today is The Spirit of Divination. The Spirit of Divination. Would you put your Bibles down? Let's lift up our voice to the Lord. Lift our hands up to the Lord right now and give Him praise and thank Him for what He's going to do this morning. In Jesus' name, I take authority and dominion over every opposing spirit. In the name of Jesus, whether human or demonic, in the name of Jesus, I bind it in Jesus' name and I lose faith and expectation in this place this morning. I lose deliverance. I lose revelation. I lose a spirit of warring in this place today to come upon us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise this morning. Praise God. You may be seated. The Greek word for met in that last scripture, met us, is actually the word that describes opposed us. Uh, I want to read on in just a moment from there. I didn't give it to you. We'll read on a few scriptures after that, Brother uh, Sanderfield. But uh, the word met us, when the Bible says that there was a damsel possessed with the spirit of divination that met us, what it's saying is there is a damsel with the spirit of divination that opposed us. She came and met them. The word in the, the Greek word kind of crams those two together, met and opposed. It's an, uh, a, a meeting of opposition. And they were bringing the gospel. They were in a chief city and they were preaching the gospel. And this is uh, the apostle. And uh, understanding just this whole setup here, just because you have the Holy Ghost and you're following the will of God, and you're doing everything that you know you need to do, you're following the voice of God, does not mean that there's not going to be spirits manifest through people that come to oppose you. The Bible is very, it's very uh, 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 paramount to understand that you, we, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You're not wrestling against a person or a personality, an individual. You're not arguing with a person. But Satan seeks to, to he looks for people that are in a position to be used by him. Just as God, we, we, are, we are vessels of the supernatural whether you understand it or not. All of the time. Humanity is. This is a great Sunday morning message, ain't it? <laughs> I'm going to deal with the spirit of Jezebel tonight. It's really going to get good. Um, but we are, we are vessels. We are conduits of the supernatural. Now, we understand spiritual warfare we are pushing back the darkness. We are seeing souls saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, being converted, hungry for God. And the enemy does not like that. 
He doesn't like it whatsoever. He does not have power and authority over the church. He cannot stop the church. He cannot stop us, but if we're not careful, we'll miss where he has opposed us just to make things more difficult. Satan cannot stop the harvest. He can only hope to slow down the harvester or distract the harvester to oppose those that are following the voice of God and doing what God has instructed us to do. If you think you're going to live for God and the enemy never oppose you, you, you're in for a very rude awakening. And you've got to understand and see with the eyes of the Spirit when there are people that, that are, it may be, may, they may be people that surface in your life through situations that they oppose you and it, it makes life difficult for you. And everything you do, it's like you're, you're suffocating and you're trying to get things done, but you're just, you're, you're trying to be uh, pr- productive in the kingdom of God, but, but it just suffocates you. And it's just like you can't breathe and, and it just makes things difficult you and difficult for you. And it slows you down and you know, you feel like you could be making more progress except for this opposition right here. And, and if you're not careful, you'll just think it's a person or somebody. You're just not liking somebody, but we are, we are constantly conduits of the supernatural. You're either being used by God or you're being used by the devil all of the time. All of the time, and I'll prove it to you. The Bible says, I'll probably come back to this in a moment, but in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Either you are opposing the enemy of your soul or you are opposing yourself. When people indulge in every fleshly desire, having never set foot in a church building before, having never had the Holy Ghost, not involved in any type of spiritual warfare of any type, if they indulge in every want or or desire of their flesh, what they are doing is opposing themselves. Because the flesh is enmity against God. What they're, if, they, if, they, uh, if they indulge in the, the lust of the flesh, the Bible says that if a, if a person participates in fornication, they sin against their own body. They are opposing themselves. They are doing their own spirit harm. They are doing damage to themselves. They are doing damage to their own human spirit. They are, they are, uh, and, and you can go down the list of things that somebody could be uh, involved in, and you can, it doesn't take you very long uh, to, to, to think about sins that we can be involved in and then think about the end result of that sin and how ultimately it is opposition against your own self because that's what sin brings. When sin, when sin is finished, it brings forth death. Let me tell you that sin, you do not decide when sin is finished with you. Sin decides when it is finished with you. If you do not have the power of the Holy Ghost operating within you and you are not opposing sin and opposing uh, uh, the enemy of your soul, when sin gets done with you, it brings forth death. When sin is in control, you are powerless to tell it to stop. 
if you only, the only way that you have dominion over sin and power over it is through the power of the Holy Ghost. So what happens is as a person lives their life without God, feeding their flesh every desire because it's what we naturally do. And because of that, it brings sickness into their soul and it brings a, 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 a bondage and things that are destruction and it destroys relationships. It destroys a, a, a lifestyle. Everything that sin touches, ultimately it brings a sickness and death to it. So then somebody uh, hears the gospel preached and they, they respond to the gospel. They're, they're, they're convicted in their heart and they, they do what the Bible says. They repent of their sins. They're baptized in Jesus' name. They're filled with the Holy Ghost. They, they begin to follow after God. Then all of a sudden, what is a war against themselves has got to turn into a war against that once, which wants to oppose them. So where Satan has free reign because, you know what's funny is the, the, the Satanist movement will tell you that they don't believe in a boogeyman. Did you know that? They don't believe in, they don't believe in, in demonic spirits. They don't believe in all that spooky stuff. That's what Satanism is. You know what Satanism is? It's self-knowledge. It's humanism. I, 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 I will gain knowledge and, and all that stuff is just foolish. You know, it, it, it's, it's so crazy because Satan is a liar. And, he, and Satanism itself, they'll say that we don't believe in spooky spirits and all of that uh, uh, ghosts and go, ghosts and goblins. And that we, don't, we, we just believe in doing what feels right for you. It's self-worship is what Satanism ultimately comes down to. And that's what Satan, that's how Satan operates. He gets people to indulge into every desire that their flesh has because flesh is in opposition to the Spirit of God. So when somebody, having never ever experienced any type of move of God in their life, is a conduit for demonic spirits, if only to oppose themselves. Then you have higher ranking spirits that want to operate through people as to make sin more available to a broad range of people. Whenever there is somebody in the public eye that is making sin appealing for a broad range of people, God is going to judge them differently than he does somebody who simply opposes themselves. You read it in the Old Testament that, that God, uh, uh, I, I could find it if I because uh, I don't have it in my notes, but I can find it if you want it. But the Bible talks about kings that made the people to sin. They brought sin into to the nation. They brought sin to the people. And so uh, wherever there is opposition, there, Satan is opposing people. He's opposing people by looking for an open door. If Satan doesn't have an open door, he, he cannot oppose somebody. But when somebody begins to feed the lust of their flesh, the lust of their eye, or the pride of life, he has an open door and a way to oppose them. But we are conduits of the supernatural. We're either a conduit of, uh, of Satan and demonic spirits by feeding our flesh, and that gives Satan the opportunity to bring us into bondage, or we become a conduit of the Holy Ghost, and we drive that out, and we oppose everything that is not like God that would want to oppose me. We will always be in opposition 
to something. Everybody. Everybody on the planet. If you were to sit down and have an interview with them and just begin to ask them questions, what they think about, what their worldview is, they will be in opposition to something. Everybody, no, there's nobody that just likes everything. But everybody has some type of moral code or some type of worldview that causes them to like something and or dislike something. You will be in opposition to something every day of your life. You will oppose something. And when, when, when there is a person or a group of people that decide we are going to oppose everything that Satan is doing in the lives of people. I can promise you that there is going to be pushback in the spirit. It doesn't mean we're going to lose, but it does mean we will feel the pushback and the effects of a, of a, of a, a satanic uh, or of a demonic world that wants to oppose the church. This is what Paul experienced here in Acts 16. He's preaching the gospel, and all of a sudden, somebody possessed with a spirit of divination meets him and begins to oppose him. Let's read on verse number 17. The same followed Paul, watch this, and us, and cried, These men are the servants of the Most High God. Now, what's wrong with that? Which show unto us the way of salvation. What's wrong with that? She's right. Just because somebody's quoting Scripture or speaking truth doesn't always mean that the Spirit driving them is right. Wherever something is being said or done that does not bring the peace that only God can bring, but it rather it brings chaos and disorder, it is a spirit that is trying to interrupt what God wants to do. I'll say that again. Whenever there is chaos or disorder, there is a spiritual element that must be addressed. It is not just people. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but we wrestle with principalities and powers. There is an opposition in the spirit that is going on every single day. Everyone in this room, you will either oppose your flesh and you will oppose the enemy, or you will be in opposition to the will of God and what God wants to do. Now, oftentimes we think if I'm, if I'm opposing God, that means I must be trying to do some type of incantation or I'm, 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 I'm involved in witchcraft and, and I'm, I'm actively trying to oppose God. I hate God. That's not what the Bible tells us. I mean, for example, in, in, the, in the book of Acts, uh, in, in, in the end of the Gospels, we see in the book of Acts chapter 2, 120 were filled with the Holy Ghost. Why weren't over 500 filled with the Holy Ghost? It was over 500 that, that stood, around 500 that stood at the mountain, saw Jesus Ascend, he said, before he went, said, go to Jerusalem, tarry for the promise of the Father. There should have been a 500 soul outpouring, but instead there was 120. So around 380 people just weren't interested. 
And see, when it comes to I, uh, op, uh, opposing, there, there's no neutrality in the spirit. There's no such thing as being neutral. When your car is in neutral, it only goes forward based upon the slant of the hill that you're already on. It just goes in that direction. So if, if you're trying to live life in neutral, you're going to be going up, down, back, forward, side. Whatever way the hill is slanted, that's where you're going to go. You don't, have, you don't have true control in neutral. There's no such thing in the Bible seen from the Old Testament, uh, 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 from, from, from the very beginning in the Hebrew language. There's no such thing as, as a word created between love and hate. You've got to choose one. That's why Jesus said in, in numerous ways, he said one time, you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot have two masters. You must, you, must, you must choose one. You must hate one and love the other. You will only have one master. There's no such thing as neutrality, and the same thing is true when it comes to spiritual warfare. I am either opposing the enemy and seeking after God, or I am opposing God and allowing the enemy to have free reign. And what happened on the day of Pentecost is God, uh, there, was, there was over 500 people there. There was 380-some people, somewhere around that, that weren't interested enough, weren't hungry enough, didn't desire it enough to stick around and wait. But the Bible says when they were all with one accord and in one place, when everybody in the room was completely submitted and surrendered and hungry for what God had for them, that's when the Holy Ghost was poured out. I'm going to tell you that until the opposition is removed, until there is opposition that is removed from the scenario, there are some things that God will never do. That's why unity is absolutely imperative for us to see what God really wants to do. But in a congregation even of this size, we can come together and we can have our mind here and our mind there and we can be distracted. And what is happening is we are being opposed. There's opposition in the spirit. Let's just lift our hands for a moment right now and love the Lord. Can we do that? Hallelujah, Lord. We love you this morning. In the name of Jesus, we love you this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. I want to ask you this morning, what are you in opposition to? What are you personally in opposition to? You, everybody's got to make up in their mind what they are in opposition to. And I, am I in opposition to a move of the Holy Ghost? Or I am, am I in opposition to every demonic spirit that has people bound and has them stuck and has them lost and their minds are blinded by the God of this world? There's no such thing as a neutral point on the matter. I've got to make a decision. Either I am opposed to what the enemy is doing in the lives of people or I am opposed to what God is trying to do. Opposition to God doesn't mean that I'm looking at God and, 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 and telling him what I think about him and tell him that I'm mad at him or, I, Lord, I'm opposing. That's not, not, that's not necessarily how you oppose God. We oppose God by simply obeying our flesh. That is opposition against God. 
I'm going to tell you, there's some things that have battled us as a church for, for a period of time. And I've zeroed in on some stuff, and we're going we're gonna to break through some things in the Holy Ghost in this congregation. And God's going to elevate our faith in the Spirit. The, whole, the, the reason that we come together, number one, is to worship God because we love getting together to worship God with the people of God. Along with that is to see the will of God accomplished in people that have never experienced the power of the Holy Ghost. Is to see a lost and a dying city be saved by the power of the Holy Ghost. And if that is not happening and it does not happen freely, every time we come together, there is opposition in the spirit. Because that's why we come together. Now, you just think about it, and I, maybe I shouldn't do this, but I, I don't know. But just think about it intellectually for a moment. Why, oh, why? What I, what I set my alarm and what I iron my clothes and what I do my hair and what I get all dressed up and come to the house of God, get here, and then oppose God. Why, oh, why would I, would, I, would, I, would I have my mind somewhere else that makes me unproductive as a saint of God if, if there's not a spiritual element at work? I get all the way here and then look for an excuse or reason why I don't need to go to the altar. It's our flesh, and our flesh will oppose God. It's, I know we don't like to think of it like that, but Jesus made us make a decision. He made us. He made us. It's, it's a decision throughout the word of God. Either you're for me or you're against me. There is no neutral part. And we've got to have an understanding about when there are spiritual elements at work and when our mind is under attack of the enemy and how it affects us in the presence of God that will go through all of the, all the work to get here and then get nothing out of it. Not touch God, not get a breakthrough, not pray for somebody else, not even really care if somebody gets the Holy Ghost. We have a lot more attitudes about things in the church than we need to. We should have an attitude about empty baptistries, empty altars, empty prayer rooms. That, that's what we should get an attitude about. I'm going to say, oh, man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. We'll find a lot of things that we're dissatisfied with. Well, I don't like this and I don't like that. How, do you like the fact we didn't have anybody get baptized last week? How, how do we like that? How do, how do we really feel? There's got to be something that gets a hold of me that I'm, I get upset about the right things instead of silly little trivial things. That's when our mind is bound by the enemy. That's when we're wrapped up in the lies of hell is when we get upset about stupid stuff that just don't even matter. And, and, and we're just, we got our, we got our emotions all flustered and, and our mind isn't under control and we don't have our spirit under control. And so we get, we get upset and we get, we get uh, uh, mad about little things here and there. Are, are, are you upset about the fact that you haven't taught a Bible study in a little while? That's what you need to get upset about. That's worth getting upset about. That's worth getting a holy anger within you that says, I will not stop. My desire today is to see the will of God done. I haven't even really got to my notes yet. We are all opposing something, every one of us. Every one of us. We all oppose something. When I obey my flesh, I oppose God. And if I'm going to oppose the enemy, I cannot obey my flesh. 
the only people that oppose and defeat the enemy are people that have defeated and have control over their flesh every day. Got to do it every day. It's an everyday battle because my flesh will oppose me every day. So I got to make a decision. Either my flesh is going to win or the will of God is going to win. Let's lift up our hands one more time to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray something would be released in this place today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Hear me this morning. Every single person alive has a God-shaped hole in their spirit. Every single person. It always kind of, it always kind of, not always, just recently, as the more I thought about it, it kind of cracks me up. You know, being Pentecostal and we worship the way we do and and people will come and maybe even on a regular basis and and snicker and laugh at the way somebody worships. Okay? Or or whatever. And I'm thinking, you came. You're here. But in the heart of every person, and you can't be fooled by somebody's reaction on the outside because the reason somebody came, no matter what their outside reaction is, is there's something missing and looking. Every person desires to have what God would put in their spirit. It's, it's built within us. Why is it that people don't? Well, the Bible says that Satan has blinded the mind of them that do not believe that they would not believe. Satan has actively lied to them, created thought, put thoughts in their mind that developed into patterns, that developed into strongholds, that keep them from seeing and understanding what, what God wants to do and having a full understanding and desire to do it. Everybody has a will and everybody has decisions to make. Some people decide that they would rather have the pleasure of the world rather than the righteousness of God and the pleasures of the kingdom. That's on them. But there are people that, 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 that their hearts are hardened. And this is what we've got to get into. I don't know how much longer I'm going to go this morning. I might wrap it up here in a minute, but we'll just see. There are people that when they come in here, with I don't care how hardened their heart is. I don't care. When they walk into a room of people, that are opposed to what Satan is doing to, to their life. That means that is a people that is surrendered to the spirit of God and their flesh is not in control. I, I said this, I, I think, on a Tuesday night, and, I, you know, we, we've said this, we've probably said it to ourselves, you know, when, when somebody comes to church and either doesn't get the Holy Ghost, doesn't, doesn't want to get the Holy Ghost, shows interest, they, they walk out and will say something like, well, I guess they just didn't want it. Well, you know, I think there's times where our flesh has been so in control that we oppose the move of God and God wanted to break down their defenses, but our flesh was so in control and we as the people, here, this is tough, we as the people of God were literally opposing him by saying, nope, not today. Oh, I guess they don't want God. 
It is a spirit that has come against us that has told us it's okay for there to be services where we get nowhere. That is a lie from hell, and we're going to whip it in Jesus' name. It's not the will of God for us to have one or two every now and then get the Holy Ghost and get baptized. That is, that, it's a lie from hell that tells us that that is acceptable. It's a lie from hell that tells us I can take it easy this time. That's your flesh giving you permission to oppose the Spirit of God. We got to make up in our mind, God, I'm not going to oppose you. I'm not going to stand in your way. I'm not going to let my flesh stand in your way from you moving. I'm not going to just sit and observe and let somebody else be involved. God, I'm opposing what hell is doing to lost and dying souls. I'm going to plow a little bit this morning. Sit down. Those people, those 380 in the upper room that's that, that morning, they didn't view them, they didn't view themselves as opposers. They didn't, they didn't think they were opposing the move of God. But the truth was is they weren't hungry enough to tarry. God let them walk. Because they weren't hungry. There has got to come a place. And I and, and I'm hungry for it. And God, we we are an advancing, we are an advancing army. We are advancing in the spirit of God. And uh, when when you advance, the enemy doesn't like. And we just kind of hit. And sister uh, sister Hyde, thank you for being sensitive last night. There are pockets of battles that we will encounter. We've we, we've seen God do some great stuff, but we are missing. The potential. There comes a point where potential becomes an insult. It's, it's good to look at a 12-year-old and say they've got potential. It's different to look at a 65-year-old after 65 years and say, well, they haven't done anything, but they've got potential. It's not a compliment anymore. There comes a point where we either step into what God has for us or God says, okay, I, may, I might need to move somewhere else. This lady possessed with a spirit of divination. She comes and she starts, these are the men of the most high God. Showing us the way of salvation. And there was a spirit behind her that was causing a, 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 a distraction and, and uh, uh, it was just destroying, and not destroying, but it was, it was just wreaking havoc in the flow of the Holy Ghost and how Paul was trying to, to minister but if you look deeper into that word, the Bible, uh, it's the only place that this word appears in the New Testament. The spirit of divination It is actually, uh, the, the Greek word is python. It comes from a, it comes from Greek mythology. A mythological figure in the city of Delphi or Delphi, however you say that, in Greece, which was a chief city. It was a centralized location that this, this Greek mythological creature, a serpent, resided. At that time, when, it was, when, it was, when, when, they, when they created, quote-unquote, this mythological figure, it was at a time in history where they thought that that particular city was the center of the world. 
And there that mythological creature had resided. When the Bible says the spirit of divination, what it actually transliterates is the spirit of Python and is directly related to a mythological figure, a demonic spirit, a, a serpent that was trying to clamp down and cause confusion upon what the man of God was saying. Just trying to bring disorder and trying to, to choke the life out of what God was wanting to do through the apostle. And there are services that we have that we have run into what I what I believe is is exactly what they talked about here. The only place it appears in scripture, the only place this word appears in scripture when it ties it to divination and witchcraft is this particular spirit that had a history in Greece that particular spirit began to interrupt and talk over the apostle. Didn't say anything that wasn't true. Didn't say anything that was against scripture or doctrine, but it was the, the, the tone and everything that was coming through her was in opposition to the flow of the spirit of God that was coming through Paul. There are times, and, and, and a, a, a python uh, operates differently than a venomous snake. Python doesn't have any venom in its jaws. It just constricts. And it tries to squeeze the life out of its prey. I don't believe it was a mistake that Paul is in, if we read, uh, when we read in, he came uh, thence to Philippi, which is a chief city. There are spirits we have battled and opposition that has come against this church. Satan can't stop the church. He can't prevent things from happening. We had one get baptized and receive the Holy Ghost last Sunday morning, and it was a starchy service that it seemed like the life was getting squeezed out of us like we couldn't breathe. God still worked, and God still moved. God can't, or, or the enemy can't stop the church from advancing, but he can do everything he can to oppose and just make it more difficult. But in the name of Jesus Christ, we're going to whip that thing that has come against us, that has tried to choke the life out of church services, some of you, I, I, I'm begging of you right now to get in your mind, to not obey your flesh in this moment right now because it is our flesh that will allow the Spirit of God to be choked out. Not, 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 not seemingly directly opposing, just, just doing what I do and my flesh getting in the way. It is opposition against God. And if our flesh gets in the way, then Satan enters in and says, oh, I can choke out this service and I can choke out the next one. I, and if I can choke out two, then I can choke out three. Just by flesh being unsubmitted to the will of God. When we come into the house of God, it's not the time to fold your arms and wait for somebody else to do it because what you are doing is you are allowing the spirits of this world to utilize you and to use you as a conduit to choke out the move of God but I wonder if somebody would say I'm not going to allow any spirit to come against me Hallelujah. When you love your own comfort, you oppose God. 
It is amazing to me. I'm just coming right out. It's amazing to me sitting in, in church services, how, how many people just play around and fiddle around, joke and laugh. It, it amazes me. One of the greatest things my father did for me is he didn't joke around in church. He passed on to me, church is not a joke. It's not the time. I'm either opposing the enemy or I'm opposing God. I'm either opposing my flesh and making sure that I'm a conduit to the Spirit of God. Don't be fooled into thinking that the enemy can't use you even if you got the Holy Ghost, even if you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus. Because it was Peter that Jesus looked at and said, Get thee behind me, Satan. You can become a conduit for, for a demonic spirit just if your flesh is unbroken. It is unbroken flesh that leaves you a, 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 a candidate for the enemy to enter in to get a hold of your thoughts, to get a hold of your mind. Pretty soon you're saying words that are against the things of God. Pretty soon your actions are against the things of God, against the kingdom of God, against the leadership in the kingdom of God. Pretty soon your actions, your words, your, your thought process is, 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 is opposing what God wants to do. This is a great Sunday morning, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, I think it's wonderful. We are going to be an anointed congregation. Not empowered by the enemy. We're not, our flesh isn't going to, we're going to get, we, we got to get our flesh under control instead of coming to church. And if I don't feel like it, I'll just patty cake it today. Nobody will know the difference. And all the while we're opposing the moving of the spirit of God, souls in the building that need to be filled with the Holy Ghost and got Holy Ghost filled unbelievers that their flesh is unbroken, haven't prayed in a month and then, and then wonder why God isn't doing anything. And all the while our flesh is unbroken. We're giving, we're giving permission to the enemy to come in and to choke the life out of a service. Choke the life out of an altar service. Choke the life out of what God wants to do. Not because God can't do it, but because our flesh is not in submission to the things of God. But I wonder if there's somebody Holy Ghost filled here this morning that'll stand to your feet in this place right now and say, I oppose everything that the enemy is doing in the lives of people. Hallelujah. He, you got to make up your mind. Either you're for him or against him. Either you're opposing God or you're opposing the enemy. There is no middle ground. There is no neutrality. I, I, I've got to see the will of God done today. My disinterest is opposition. My lackadaisical attitude is opposition. It means my flesh isn't broken. If I'm disinterested in the things of God, it means I'm opposing the things of God. There's no neutrality. I can't stand in the middle and say, "Well, well, I'm 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 neither one or the other." No, not according to not according to the Word of God. But there's got to be something within you that realizes, and your eyes open and see how the enemy fights against your mind and fights and puts the thoughts in your mind. Man, I, I feel like I'm a broken record talking about spiritual warfare, but some of us haven't got it yet, and understand how the enemy wars against your mind the thoughts that come against you that, that, that are placed in your mind that, that stew for a while and cause a reaction unbroken flesh 
is enmity against God. If I can't worship, something's wrong. If I can't lift my, if, I, I, I mean, all of us probably have the physical ability to do this. But when the worship leader says, let's lift our hands. I'm not trying to be ugly, but I'm asking for the, the real, the, the, uh, uh, the, the real, uh, the, question, the question for real. Like, why did you come? I got to ask myself that. Why did I get my clothes on, get my shirt ironed, get my hair done, get, my, get, get, get everything ready, and then come and oppose? It's a spirit. It's a spirit that, that, that came against Paul that just wants to constrict and distract and keep God from moving and do everything he can against us. This is spiritual warfare, honey. You got to get it in your mind. Satan's going to fight against you tooth and nail. And the only way you're going to win is when you quit opposing God and you start opposing the enemy. Little patty cake praise isn't going to do anything. There's got to be desire in your heart. There's got to be hunger in your spirit that says, I choose today to put serpents and scorpions under my feet. They're not going to wind up under your feet accidentally. They're not going to wind up under your feet uh, just by happenstance. They do it by saying, flesh, you will not have control today. I am surrendered to God, and I will oppose everything that opposes God. Lift up your hands in this house this morning. Somebody needs to surrender to God like you never have. You gotta quit playing the games and thinking you're getting somewhere. You gotta quit opposing God and thinking it's pleasing unto Him. God is displeased with the opposition and He's going to remove the opposition so His will can be done. Hallelujah. Hold on just a moment. Where there is opposition, sinners don't want to come to the altar. Where there is opposition in the spirit, people don't want to get baptized. God forbid there be Holy Ghost filled unbelievers. We've convinced ourselves I can keep my flesh comfortable and be saved. And you're about to split hell just as wide open as you can because your flesh has been fed and you don't realize you're a conduct, a conduit for opposition to God. God's not playing games with his church. I know there's a lot of churches that want to play church. Oh, my goodness. You've got to recognize, you've got to realize that the enemy of your soul is warring against your mind and trying to convince you you can stay the same way you've always been. You, you, you can be just as casual about the things of God as you've always been and somehow be saved and the enemy has convinced you of that. But in reality, you are opposing a supernatural move of the Holy Ghost that is coming to this chief city. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. And I, I, 
I'm telling you, I don't care what God has to do. I don't care what God has to add or remove. This city's going to have revival. We're going to see God do it because we are going to be a people that do not oppose the moving of the Holy Ghost. Somebody lift up your hands and lift up your voice right now and surrender yourself to God. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. I want a holy anger, a righteous anger to get a hold of the of, of this church that says not one more service will be choked out. Not one more service will be stolen. That spirit of Python, I come against you. You spirit of divination, I bind you. Spirit of witchcraft, I bind you. In the name of Jesus, devil, you're a liar. Halamakaya, I loose an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, I loose an outpouring of the Spirit of God.
name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Somebody lift up your hands. If you need to go, you can be dismissed this morning. Those that are hungry, if you want to lift up your hands right now and lift up your voice all over this building. In Jesus' name, God's going to give us great victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. If you want to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, maybe you've received it before, but it's been a long time since you received it, I want you to come to the front. We're going to pray together, and God's going to, God's going to pour out his spirit right now. Come, I want you to just come to the very front. We're going to pray together with you this morning. In Jesus' name, you want to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave the utterance. Sometimes, let me talk to us just for a second. Sometimes we can be held back by receiving the Holy Ghost by thinking that we're not worthy, okay? By thinking that I've done too many bad stuff or I, a lot, sometimes it can come down to lack of self-forgiveness. God wants to give us the Holy Ghost. It's, it's what he went to Calvary for, all right? 
So when understanding that, that the Holy Ghost is a gift, I don't have to earn it. I don't have to lay in the floor and beg and roll around. I just simply receive that God wants to do it for me. He wants to do it. When we repent of our sins, we put ourselves in position to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, God's not going to come down and grab your chin and do that. The Bible says that they speak with tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance or the influence, the influence of the Holy Ghost. You're going to be, we're going to begin to pray. This is sometime, This is how it happens for many. They begin to hear words in their mind that don't make any sense. When you begin to hear that, let it come out of your mouth. Oftentimes, people will fear that, like, oh, this sounds crazy. And the devil will tell you, this is crazy. This is just you. You're just making this up. That's the lie of the enemy. He wants to, and I'm trying to get into it right now. The enemy will try to prevent people by saying, you're just making this up. You're crazy. This is nuts. We're going to take authority over doubt and unbelief. We're going to lay hands on you. You're going to begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Don't worry about how it sounds. It may sound like baby talk. That's what it is, to be born of the Spirit. It doesn't have to make any sense. It's the Holy Ghost. Van, do you want to, you want to receive this morning? Come on. Right here, we're going to pray together. I want us to gather around this morning. God's going to pour out His Spirit here, in Jesus' name. We've already prayed a prayer of repentance. I know I just did with Van. We're going to pray. This is what we're going to do. We're going to lift up our hands, and we're going to shout unto the Lord together here. Just and the Lord's going to fill you. You're going to fill it. You're going. To, the Holy Ghost is already over you right now. What's going to happen is your tongue is going to kind of begin to dance. All right. Don't hold it back. Don't because your your rational brain will try to put the clamp down on it. All right, this is this is not rational according to the carnal natural brain. This is the way God chose to do it. All right, God's going to do it this morning. Right now, all right, lift up your hands upon the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. I command you right now to receive ye the gift of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Right now, thank you, Jesus. Receive ye the gift of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Receive ye the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's it. There you go.
Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise in this place right now. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to pick up more here tonight. Thank God. Van broke through here this morning. He had, he had he'd received, he had, he'd talked in tongues just a little bit months and months ago. He broke through good this morning. God's touching him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Did anybody else speak in tongues for the first time that you, that, that you know of? Anybody else? Just make sure I didn't miss anybody. Okay. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're going to come back tonight. Hear me. I'm, I'm not done with this tonight. We're gonna, we're haven't, we haven't busted it open yet. But I'm going to tell you something tonight that I saw today that will make sense tonight. So come back tonight. You'll be blessed. Let's just love the Lord all together all over this house. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. God bless you this morning. We're going to come back tonight. God's going to bless us tonight in Jesus' name.